It's Monday, March the 8th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, more protests in Myanmar and a Ballyhooed Royal interview. First, the world in brief. Myanmar's main trade unions called for a total strike after renewed protests in at least six cities. The unrest has persisted since the army seized power in a coup on February 1st. Tens of thousands of protesters clashed with police and security forces after overnight raids on activist leaders in Yangon, the largest city. King Mon Lat, a deposed government official, died in police custody. Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe, a British-Iranian woman imprisoned in Iran for five years on implausible spying charges, was released from house arrest but barred from leaving the country. A new court case against her has been scheduled for Sunday. The British government called for Miss Zaghari Ratcliffe to be allowed to return to Britain. Explosions ripped through barracks in Batar, the biggest city in the tiny Central African petrostate of Equatorial Guinea, killing at least 20 people and wounding 600. President Teodoro Obiang Ungema Basogo said the gigantic series of blasts damaged almost every building in the city. He blamed it on an accident storing munitions. Switzerland will ban the wearing of religious face coverings in public, following a controversial referendum yesterday. The ban is seen as being directed at the veils worn by Muslim women, including the burqa and niqab. It was proposed by the right-wing Swiss People's Party, which campaigned using slogans such as Stop Radical Islam. GE is reportedly on the brink of selling its aircraft leasing business to Aircap, an Irish aviation financing firm, in a deal expected to be worth more than $30 billion. It would be the latest effort by the many-tentacled American conglomerate to simplify its business model. GE Capital Aviation Services is the largest remaining division of the firm's once-mighty finance arm. Customs data showed that China's exports surged in the first two months of the year. It was 61% higher than the same period in 2020 in dollar terms. The figures are distorted by both the annual Lunar New Year holiday and the COVID-19 pandemic. But demand in the European Union and America also rebounded, thanks partly to fiscal stimulus measures. And a Ballyhoo television interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle hit the airwaves in America. Miss Markle, a mixed-race actor, told Oprah Winfrey how an unnamed royal fretted over how dark their baby might be and that her time in the palace drove her to thoughts of suicide. The squirming within the House of Windsor was almost palpable. And now here's today's agenda. Shifting Stocks American Tech versus European Cyclicals Share prices have been choppy in recent weeks, with investors caught between celebrating better economic growth and fearing inflation. Beneath the noise, the S&P 500 index of leading American shares has barely risen in 2021. Look closer though and a pattern emerges. Technology stocks, which enjoyed an extraordinary run last year, have lost ground. Investors are keener on companies that do best when the economy is rapidly improving. This can be seen in the trumping of growth stocks by value stocks within the S&P 500 this year. It is also apparent in the relative performance of international markets. Indices of Eurozone stocks have outperformed the S&P 500 this year, despite Europe's still weak economy. It helps that Europe has fewer technology firms in America. Instead, it bosses having a bigger tilt towards banks, commodity firms and other cyclical stocks. This broad rotation away from tech towards cyclicals looks likely to continue. Back to school. England's lockdown easing. 
Today, English schools reopened to all pupils for the first time since January 4th. Back then, rapidly rising COVID-19 cases forced the government to close schools one day after children returned from their Christmas break. The picture now is very different. One in three Britons has received a vaccine and daily case counts are plummeting. Still, officials are nervous. The impact of schools on transmission is uncertain, and nobody is entirely sure if their reopening will cause another rise in cases. To reduce the risk, teachers and pupils will be asked to take lateral flow tests twice a week. The reopening will be staggered, and few other restrictions are eased today. This should allow ministers to reverse course if things look hairy. They will desperately hope it does not come to that. Derek in the Dock A Trial in Minneapolis Jury selection begins today for the trial of Derek Chauvin, a former police officer charged with murder and manslaughter for his role in the death of George Floyd last year. The trial could last several weeks. To win a conviction, prosecutors will need to prove that Mr Chauvin behaved negligently and that his actions caused Mr Floyd's death. Mr Chauvin's lawyers will probably argue that a combination of drugs and underlying health conditions were to blame. The death sparked protests across America and long overdue conversations about police accountability. Several cities and states have passed police reform measures, such as expanding the use of unarmed public safety officers and improving oversight of the force. Last week, the House passed the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act, which, among other things, bans federal officers from using neck restraints, like the one that resulted in Mr. Floyd's death, and chokeholds, and creates a national police misconduct database. The Act stands almost no chance of passing the Senate. Cracked but not shattered. The Glass Ceiling Index Wall Street's glass ceiling cracked on March 1st, when Jane Fraser took charge of Citigroup, making it the first big American bank to be run by a woman. America has a relatively high share of women in management, 41%, and on company boards, 28%, though it lags behind on parental leave and political representation, according to the Economist's Glass Ceiling Index of Female Empowerment, which was updated just ahead of International Women's Day today. Everywhere could do better. Just one in three managerial positions across the 37 OECD countries is held by a woman. Nordic countries do best. But even Sweden, in first place, has room for improvement. Swedish women earn 7.6% less than men despite being better educated. The worst performer is South Korea. But there are positive signs, even in traditional laggards like Japan. Mori Yoshiro was replaced by Seiko Hashimoto, a woman, as chief of the Tokyo Olympics in February after he complained that women talk too much. Fifteen bucks or bust. American retailers boost wages. Democrats in the Senate abandoned their recent attempt to raise the national minimum wage to $15 an hour. Some workers are seeing healthier paychecks anyway. Today, Lida will raise the hourly minimum wage in its 10 supermarkets on Long Island in New York to $16.50 from $15. Costco, America's fourth-largest retailer, lifted its countrywide minimum wage to $16 an hour. Walmart will keep its minimum wage at $11, but raise pay for 425,000 employees. Pay bumps by bigger employers can boost wages within regional labour markets, albeit with smaller effects than government-mandated minimum wage increases. Economists from the University of California, Berkeley and Brandeis University found that in areas in which Amazon maintains a heavy presence, its decision to raise its base pay to $15 an hour in 2018 helped lift the wages offered by other firms. The boost outweighed the effect of dampened employment. 
this will offer little comfort to workers in other places and sectors. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Addie Wyatt, who was born on this day in 1924. Change can come, but you cannot do it alone. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 